Welcome to Hope Leads. This is Wes Lane. You know, science tells us that hope is the single greatest determiner of human well-being. One way we pursue kindling and fanning hope within you, the listener, is by talking with men and women who are leaders from different generations, from different geographic areas, from different spheres of influence, but they all have one thing in common. They pursue Jesus and God's unique and purposeful journey for them on the earth. So, my hope is that these focused conversations might somehow serve you in a greater understanding of just who our awesome God is and His very purposeful desire and plan that you would live a life of meaning and impact. And, and, and talking about a high impact, joining me right now is... No, well, yes, is, <laughs> is, is, yeah. what's your name again? Is, hey, is, uh, is, hello, is, Wes Lane. Is Mrs. Taylor, Taylor West, West here. Yes, Taylor West. So, welcome. Oh, well, oh, thank you, Wes Lane. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's Friday. It is for Oh, you can't say that because oh, we don't air on Fridays. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, oh gosh, good point. Well, pretend you didn't hear that. It's just a good Nobody day. Heard it's that. a great day. It's a day we were able to get uh, Taylor uh, out of uh, nap time. Exactly. And, That's what it was. And, no, and, it is a great day. You are right. And it's a great day because today we had the privilege of having Mr. Kyle Dillingham on our podcast. Let me tell you. That guy came, and this is no joke, came rolling into this office on a skateboard. He did. He looked like looked like he flew into his, the office. His, his violin and his guitar, his guitar and all of his and gear, all of the stuff, and it was and awesome. I, and it, it was a wow. It, it was, was. A, it was a wow. That, that was. Yes, Kyle is an incredible guy. He really is. And it was so fun listening to your conversation. Uh, We even had the privilege of not only listening to Mr. Dillingham share some of his music, um, but of also you joining in a little bit. I'm afraid you were going to go there. I didn't know you were musically inclined, Well, I was scrambling scrambling to try to find the lyrics on my computer. (laughs) He says, join me, join me. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I I better, uh, don't want to lip sync here. I I hate to admit it, but I kind of liked watching you scramble a little bit, watching yeah, yeah, you squirm. It was, it, it caught me, <laughs> he caught me by surprise as was, he was playing and singing. It was good. You're actually pretty in. musically well, inclined. Well, I was yeah, impressed. Thank you. I was impressed. Here's we, all, um, I'm going to see if I got a dollar. Oh, uh, yeah. Throw you a dollar. <laughs> right, well, I need more than one. I'll take five. Five will okay. do. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's on. Put it on my account. Uh, so on the episode today, one of the things you guys talked about is igniting hope. Um, and his advice for our listeners, for someone who is seeking to ignite hope, um, is to take themselves back to that something that brings them joy. Um, I loved that piece of advice. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, and so it makes me wonder, what is that thing for you? If you were, Wes, what is the thing, if you were going to go back to the thing that ignites joy in you, <laughs> What does that bring up? Okay. What's it make you think All of? All right. Well, and, and, and no Besides joke. Besides you should know folks out there, that, that <laughs> I have no idea what she's going to toss out when <laughs> she does this. And so, <laughs> so the moment she started saying, I went, oh, no. What Your am I stomach say? drops. But I will say this, though. <laughs> I had this interesting memory. Mm-hmm. Of my, so my grandparents were living in, in uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, man, I, 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 I don't think I was 10 years old. But they took me, if so, we want to talk about a joy-filled afternoon uh-huh. now. So I'm a pudgy little kid. What? And, yep, yep, yep. I, <laughs> I know that's a, a shocking shocking thing, but I was. <laughs> and so um, uh, a, sh- uh, a pudgy little guy. And they took me 
on a dream visit to what? It was to the Mrs. Baird's Bread Factory. Oh my goodness! I'm telling you, now, (laughs) if you want to think about a memory for a pudgy little guy, then it was being at the end of the bread line, and the bread was literally coming right out of the oven, dropping down. They had a no joke. Five gallon bucket of butter. Oh, right I can there. get on board with that. And they cut me off a big slice. Oh my goodness! And and then just put a ginormous slab of oh, butter so on the, it. And the bread and was then, nice and warm. And all, it my, melted. and all of my blubber is jiggling <laughs> with excitement. I am so I am so excited. And so so that was. I don't know why I went back to that moment of joy. Because it's an incredible but, memory. But it made me feel pretty good. It makes me, you know, almost a year and ago. <laughs> I can get behind that. I, I can get behind that. I uh, am always looking for anything that gives me an excuse to eat butter. Any sort of, anything I can put butter on, I, there you I go. support Everything's eating better that. with butter Yeah, on. exactly. Nope. That's awesome. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into today's episode with Mr. Kyle Dillingham. Let's do that right now. All right, well, what are you waiting for? What am I waiting for? He's been recording for the last okay, 10 so minutes. Okay, so now that you're listening, everybody, you'll see that I've already lost control of this program uh, it, because I am joined today by the fellow known as Oklahoma's musical ambassador, Kyle Dillingham. And Kyle has enjoyed a remarkable career since he was a kid performing twice in high school at the Holy Grail of country music, the Grand Ole Opry, and performing with legends of country music over the years. And so, Kyle, before I lose any further control, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wes. I mean, I mean, I mean, just so the, you, you out there will know, so Kyle uh, rides into our office on a skateboard. <laughs> of course, he hit the carpet, which was not skateboard-friendly. Uh, uh, fell right into David's arms. You fell, that's <laughs> exactly right. We 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 caught you up. We meant to social distance, but yeah, yeah. We, we, yes, we you closed the social distance <laughs> badly right then. But yeah. but at the same time, it, it was it was impressive. And so yeah. So thank thank you for being here. You've brought yeah, all kinds of goodies here. You you've you've got. In fact, um, you have got. A bling filled jacket. Yeah, this is this is um, one of my custom Manuel jackets. Manuel's a uh, designer in Nashville who's dressed everybody. If he put uh, Johnny Cash in black, he designed for Elvis Presley and no um, kidding. All the way was this guy like hundred and five years old? He's in his eighties. Oh my! He gosh. has his 80th birthday party every year annually, and <laughs> but um, and the Queen of England and four or five presidents and Bob no Dylan kidding. and Elton John and so and so on and so forth. But um, well, it's very bling. He, he looks, and I become very, good. very close friends, and um, and this is one of the pieces he made for me. But uh, I, uh, you mentioned me rolling in on my skateboard That's to your right. office. I, uh, it is quite a way to make an entrance. And harking back to when I was a teenager with my my Grand Ole Opry um, performances, uh, that was just like one of these incredible like gifts straight from God, open door. Um, we're going to talk. We're talking about hope, but that was a moment of of hope and inspiration in my life because I realized at that moment when I was backstage at the Opry that that I did not. I was not there by my own merit. Um, I was a 
decent fiddle player at best, but I was very enthusiastic. I loved music. I loved sharing my music, but I, I didn't necessarily merit the, 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 the chance to go out on that stage, but God gave that to me. And, um, and I was contemplating at that very moment, should I even go to college? Um, you know, it's very often when you're a senior in high school or junior or senior, everybody's encouraging you and hoping and praying that you're going to go to college sure. and do the right thing. Everybody in my life, the important people were were trying to convince me not to go not to college. Not to go to college. <laughs> I had full-time <laughs> offers out in Nashville and just to go straight into performing and fiddle and country music. And... Um, when I was backstage at the Opry, it was a moment where I really felt God speaking to me, a, just a, a peace that just go. If you're going to do this for the rest of your life, um, go, go to college, go and invest the time to really become a fully literate and fully capable musician. Don't, not just, just what you are today, but what you're going to become. If you will dedicate the time and believe and trust in me, have faith that if I could open these doors for you as a 17-year-old. <laughs> Look what I can do later. That who can barely, you know, get out of first position on the violin. <laughs> um, then what more um, can I do for you if you just walk with me? And it was just quite, quite an amazing um, moment, and it was very clear uh, that that I just needed to trust and invest the time and and to develop because we sh- we're called we're called to do our best always do our best but what what is our best we may never know if we don't if we don't work we don't press into if we don't it. press into that so um, I really took took those uh, four or five years in college very seriously and and worked very very hard because I knew that that was time having a you know somebody chase me around a practice room and putting in you know eight to 12 hours a day with the violin that um, that I would never have again in my life and and you went to OCU. I went to Oklahoma City Which University. Which is an acclaimed music school. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I what you maybe don't know is that I initially applied to the university. I was accepted. Um, but I did the scholarship auditions. Um, and I was I was barely offered, you know, hardly anything for my for my music. And they my the uh my counselor, admissions counselor, kept saying, if you could just take the ACT one more time, just get me one more point, I might be able to get some money for you. Because I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. You know, there was no yeah. way I was going to be yeah, able to afford it. Yeah, it's an expensive school. And um, so I, um, so I, I ended up, um, I, I, when I did the Grand Ole Opry, a couple things happened. One, it was an amazing experience. It would be something that would forever be on my, my resume. But it was supposed to have been with Roy Clark. And Roy Clark at the very last minute couldn't be there. And mm. you might, it, it, in one way, that sounds like that was just a horrible part of the story that I didn't get to play with Roy Clark at the Opry. Um, and we never did. Um, but I, I was featured that night, uh, two nights in a row. We showed up a day early just to make sure where we were because we didn't have all the details. And and uh, they said, well, come on in. We'll put you on tonight, too. So I played two nights in a row. Oh, and just because you showed just up. Just because I showed See, up. No, there's I was a like, lesson to Man, the, I should have showed up. I should have showed up last me, week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in town for the month, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> I'm way early. I could come every night. But but it was a, a blessing. and But it was a, there was a disappointment. It was tinged with disappointment to not have that with Roy Clark. Um, but what happened is that his manager, Jim Halsey, gives me a call. Um, 
about a month later and says, look, um, Roy has um, he's got this big benefit concert at Oklahoma City University, and he's really sorry that he missed performing with you at the Opry, and he would love to feature you on his show at Oklahoma City University. Oh, my goodness. It's a, a benefit concert to raise money for a new scholarship. And I Wait, said, what you say? Could you make that scholarship for me? Could you make that, just write, make that in <laughs> yeah. my name? Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I went, and uh, the president of the university, you know, was like, who is, you know, who is this? I mean, you know, this, he's a high school senior. From he's, Enid. From Enid. He's wanting to go, he's wanting to go to school. Roy Clark is featuring him. We need him to be a student here next year. He, they had me perform before the concert, a, a concert for all the trustees of the university. And this is this is total orchestration of the Lord developing my network in Oklahoma. Started in Oklahoma City, started right there that night, meeting all these people that would allow eventually allow for me to do what I do on a full time basis and make my career as a f- full time performing artist in Oklahoma. And and then Roy uh, brought me out on stage and fe- turned it over to me for like twenty minutes. He was he I was calling the tunes. I was kicking him off and singing. He was doing harmony and oh and we were bantering gosh. and just carrying on, you know, like it was, you know, suddenly the Kyle Dillingham show. <laughs> um, I was like, so it was, it was this really, and the, the president of the university, um, he, you know, he wanted, he said, so I understand you're going to be a student here next year. And I said, well, I, I want to be, but I don't think I, I'm going to be able to afford to, to afford to come. And he said, well, I want to introduce you tonight as a future student. And I said, well, that's between you and the Lord. <laughs> I said, you do as you, as you like. I, I said, that sounds wonderful. I just, it's not, hasn't worked out. I retook the ACT. My score went down a point instead of going up. And um, he said, well, that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And he introduced me that night as, as um, a the newest future student of OCU in the following week, I got a revised scholarship letter to study oh. at OCU for full, full tuition, all my tuition covered, oh full, full ride, gosh. full scholarship to study music at OCU. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't sight read whole notes and half notes in first position. So like my work, I was sitting in the back. Nobody wanted want me in their orchestra. <laughs> no, you couldn't, I couldn't have paid people to put me in their orchestra. You know what I mean? <laughs> But but I um, it was in those years where I was learning a, Italian musical terms like fake sondo. Um, but, but you know, I mean, think about that, Kyle. I mean, you, you, the the initial disappointment when when you were at Nashville at the Grand Ole Opry and 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 Roy Clark is is not able to be there that night, and right. so you're thinking that's terrible. When, when in fact it, it turned was into the, a double it blessing. Was the open door. And got, it, that got you into college. It did, and and not only that, but it it. We fast forward to twenty years after that. It it was the open door that allowed more, um, more conversation and communication with me and Roy, but also Roy's manager, and uh, his whole life business partner Jim Halsey. Um, and now Jim Halsey is my manager. No, kidding. three uh, four years ago, I reached out to him. I'd hit kind of a very very low point, um, just feeling not, not necessarily low that there was nothing happening or that I wasn't, you know, providing for my family. And, but I just, I have this felt this burden that there's more 
that I could and should be doing. And I've felt a very clear calling um, on my life that, that for a ministry that is to heal and encourage and inspire others through my music and my interactions. And I've always believed that that should just, you know, I should continue doing what I do, but just try to, to do it for as many, perform for as many people as possible. And I thought, what am I doing? I've got to figure out how to, to move to another level in my career. And I reached out to Jim Halsey. I said, look, you, I, you know, you're prepaid I'm for everything that you've ever done for me in my life. It was, you know, 20 years ago, you gave me, you know, a golden apple. And um, I, so, you know, but I just wanted to reach out and see if you might even, you know, be open to meeting with me and giving me some advice or maybe making a phone call on my behalf. He said, sure, come to the office. And we got together and you know, I prayed before going to that meeting. I thought, you know, Lord, just whatever it is, you know, here we go. This is, I'm not going to stress about this. I'm just going to go in. And I came walking out, you know, I thought one, he's going to either, you know, do something for me to help, or he's going to say, I'm sorry, we just nothing I can do. But I walked out of the meeting and it was neither of these things. I walked out and we had plans to meet again. And we were, we had left discussing projects that we wanted to do together. He wanted to work with me on some ideas and some projects. And, uh-huh. and pretty soon we met again and we, then we got together again and, and we were just kind of, it was nothing formal, um, but we were getting to know each other and working, to, working with one another. And, and then uh, eventually we formalized a, a management agreement and uh, he introduced me to Manuel he <laughs> sent me to Nashville. He said, the first thing you need to do is go meet Na- meet Manuel, and play for him and have him design for you, if he will. And Play um, for him and he designs off of how you play. Yeah. he went, you No know. kidding. He, so I went and I met him and I played for him. And um, he, um, you know, it was just, it was one of these things that was kind of life, life changing. Manuel was, um, was honored by the National Endowment for the Arts Um a couple a couple of years ago, um, as a National Heritage Fellow, it's the highest highest award given to a folk artist in America by the federal government, and he was honored in that way. And um, they reached out to him and, and asked him to recommend an artist that he works with to perform in his honor at the National Heritage Fellowship concert in Washington D.C. And he said. Kyle Dillingham. He is the best. He's the best. You need to have Kyle Dillingham. And they called, they contacted me, the NEA contacted me and said, we don't really know who you are, but, and we, but we're going, we already decided we're going to have you play because Manuel said he's not going to come if I'm not there, if you're not there. (laughs) Oh my God. Because he doesn't want to be there if you're not there playing. Since Elvis couldn't be there. Since Elvis couldn't be there. We want Kyle. (laughs) And, um, and, but there's just little things like that that started happening. But Jim, you know, Jim told me, he said, you know, Kyle, when, when people hear you play, nobody is going to doubt that you're a star quality level performer. But he said, but this is show business, show business. And this is the entertainment industry. This is, we need people not, that's too late once they've heard you. We need them the moment you walk in the door, the moment you come onto the stage before anybody's even said a word about you, before you've even played a single note, people start identifying with you as a star level performer. 
And um, he well, said, no that's, what man, that's what Manuel can do for you. And that's what and Jim, you know, Jim and Manuel have worked together for over 50 years developing artists. But I tell you, Kyle, I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this before you came on uh, today. And, and you know, the, just the show business realm is that's that is really hard. And, yeah. and how's, so how's that been for you? I mean, you've been, you have now been at it for, well, you say at least 20 years. Right. Wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have. I've, I've now had a chance to represent Oklahoma and the United States in 41 countries with my music um, in over, you know, 20, a span of more than 25 years. Um, and a lot of those countries over and over and over again, bringing these impressions of America, impressions of the state of Oklahoma, and, and very on a very personal level, um, love, the love of our Father. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe that, that God, you know, if it says He inhabits our praises, I've always felt that my, my music, and, and I take it very seriously, any performance, whether I'm, you know, pulling my violin out at a, at a you know, um, at a, at a restaurant and playing happy birthday for somebody. Sure. Or if I'm performing at the Grand Ole Opry, which by the way, I, things coming full circle this last July, I was invited 2019. I was invited by the Grand Ole Opry to make my, um, my Opry debut. Even though, even though it wasn't kind of an Opry debut. No, I was, I had just been, it was, I was, um, featured, I was, oh, a I was just, artist I was as just, opposed to... When I was there as a teenager, Mike, I was performing with Mike Snyder, and he brought me out on his segment. Okay. But this was my actual guest artist debut. If you go to Opry.com and look up artists, you'll see my bio and my picture listed as a guest artist on the Opry. Well, we might add you... You went on stage kind of like you did in our office. And know? I did. I went out on my skateboard, on skateboard to leave an impression. I mean, I read about this, Kyle. You did like you you went out on a skateboard and did a 360 right in the middle. Right in that in sacred full circle. Stop, full stop. And right where Hank Williams Sr. used to your, stand. Your violin on the way out. Right. Yeah. That actually stressed me out just to think about it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, um, we in in this business, um, the most critical thing, um, because we, when you're when you're trying to entertain, um, for me personally, it's about there's a, always a mission, there's always a focus, there's always a message, there's something that you're wanting to achieve, mm-hmm. and the way you can do that and to communicate very clearly with somebody and have a very strong impact is to create a vulnerability. You need to have somebody who's vulnerable and open and receptive to a message, and generally that happens in a really successful performance because, bam, 20,000 people standing on their feet, mm-hmm. clapping and cheering and screaming and excited. Mm. Let me tell you, folks, I'm so happy to be here tonight to do this. You know, that's the moment to celebrate this, to to join together with these people and and honor this person or whatever it is. You know, you're going to have a message. you got to have a point. And... If you can do something to catch people off guard, then suddenly they, you know, if you come come out on stage on a skateboard, mm-hmm. then nobody expected that. Then suddenly their 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 expectations are are fumbled. They're kind of uh, lost their footing, 
and now they're just kind of they're just kind of flailing a bit, and they're all they have is just to connect and see what you've got to do and say, and now there's a vulnerability and there's an open uh, conduit to to receive a message, and I I believe that there's um, always a message if 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 you know we take um, our music. Um, my music personally is, is worship every time, whether it's the Orange Blossom special or Amazing Grace, um, because it's an attitude. We are to do everything as for, as for the Lord. And I, I, I sincerely believe that. And I think that God takes, takes those things and it's about our intentions. Mm-hmm. It's seriously about our intentions, um, and can take that, the music, that sound and inhabit it. And, reach and touch people, every single person in a unique way. That's something we can't do as humans. I might be able to, you know, somebody might come up afterwards and say that that one song I played really touched them or some, you know, somebody says we just loved the show, good job or whatever, but everybody comes and everybody is dealing with something. I'm dealing with things, you're dealing with things. Every single person has their unique set of circumstances. And we can't address all of those, but God can. And we just have to be we just have the have to be ready to go out every single time and do our very best. Be prepared to do our very best and with the right intentions, God take that and use it in a way that he could he could heal and inspire and encourage every single person in a unique way. See, I mean, what you're saying actually transcends the arts and entertainment realm. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it's just walking life out. That's right. That's and, right. And, and, and so it's no in, different. In, in this, in these moments, I mean, we, we all go through, I mean, people that are, that are, that are listening right now, I mean, they're, you know, everybody's got ups and downs. And mm-hmm. so there is a path and you have moments that are, Highs, uh, you know, just like you talk about, just walking out on the stage, and and that's an exhilaration. I, it's an it's an excitement. I I knew what that was like to to say per, uh, you're doing a jury trial and making a closing right. argument. I mean, it's it's the same kind of moment. But there's there there are moments between the closing arguments, right, in which you're. It's just the raw preparation. It's mm-hmm. it's all of that stuff. How do how do you deal with the um, with the flow of that, because I, because it, because it can be uh, discouraging. I, I just go with the flow. <laughs> I go with the flow. It can be very discouraging. Um, as a matter of fact, I have this, this brand new song, um, that, uh, uh, a little unsuspectingly, um, was, was birthed out of a moment of, of, of great discouragement. Um, the, uh, the song is called, um, it's brand new. It's unpublished. Um, but it's, uh, it's working, working on it this week. Uh, it's, it's called soul refining love. When I'll tell you, I, I was not really pre- necessarily prepared to do it. I, I'd thought about it through the day that, that day. And I thought it would be nice, but I don't know when or where I would do it. And I've never, I hadn't sang it yet at that point. I wasn't even sure if the song was finished mm-hmm. quite frankly. And, um, but at the end, there was that moment. Everybody's standing in a circle. Yes. And it was night. It was, They're standing in a circle. It, you're, you're in the center of the circle. Yeah. And I sang, I sang the song that I wrote for my Salt Six class, New mm-hmm. Heavens, New Earth. Yep. yep. And it ended, and I was just standing there, and it was like, 
Well, that's not the end. That's not. It's the end of the song. <laughs> I but that's not. You, the, that's I not the end. I remember you. Then you. And you I didn't. Just, I didn't try to make. I deliberately tried not to make eye contact with anybody in charge because <laughs> I thought, hang <laughs> on a second, maybe if maybe I should just go ahead and sing this and just see what happens. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, later, um, you know, I, I told you I'd stood in the parking lot with David yeah. for till about midnight that night talking and. And he said, you know, what's what's the song? You know, what I love that. What's what's it about? And that is said, you know, um, just to be very transparent and very honest. And you've asked a lot of uh, direct questions about the my industry, and um, it's it's an industry that of of a lot of faith. You know, I I go from from um, performance to performance, and um, and there's other things happening in between, but in a case of like the last six months, every single date was just wiped, completely wiped off the calendar. So I went from for the COVID. Yeah. So I went from, you know, a really busy, uh, what was going to be one of my best years ever, perhaps to having zero income, um, and trying to provide for my, my family. And God was doing that in a unique, a lot of unique and special ways. Um, and always, always meeting those needs, even if it just the last moment. But it's a lot of times the last moment, and so there is this element of um, of anxiety if you if you let it creep in. And there can also be for me right now. I can just honestly tell you, Wes, that that I've off and on the last several months really had small bouts of depression and sure. and just feeling very frustrated and very discouraged. And, um, you know, depression is one of those things that I think a lot of people deal with. Yep. And I think a yep. lot more than would ever yep. want to admit. I agree. Um, but here's some of the things you, you don't, you don't even want to open your eyes in the morning. You know, you just, you're laying there in bed and it's like, you just don't even want to open your eyes. You don't want to talk. You don't want to move. You don't want to, to have any interaction or connection with anybody. And, um, and I just thought about, I was thinking about that. And I was in one of these moments where I was just in a serious funk and, and just, just feeling very low. And I thought, you know, I've just got to open my eyes to let the light shine in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the first line of your... And this is how song, sometimes songs for me get birthed. Mm-hmm. I just, and it's because these are the little steps. It's what does God call us to do? He doesn't call us to move the mountains. He calls us to walk towards the mountain, to take that first step. Don't even mm. take the journey. Take the first step. Do the little tiny thing and then let him do work the big miracles. And, and so that was that idea. It was just like, I, if I can just open my eyes, start there, then... Let the light shine in. If I can just open my mouth, I just got to open my mouth to worship you. And if, if I lift up my hands, if I move my body, if I get phys- physical activity, mm-hmm. if I lift up my hands to heaven above, maybe, just maybe, I will feel your love. There's this, you know, it's, um, that's, how we f- that's how we feel when we're down and discouraged. We, we know we have the assurance and the promises of God in our Bible and in our hearts and on our minds and memorized and written down where we can see them and read them. But how we feel in those moments of, of, uh, of 
despair, we wonder, am I going to feel God's love? Is he going to, you know, he's been faithful thus far, but what about this time? And so there's this question, um, but it's, but then we look, we turn to the scriptures and it's like, I just got to, just got to walk around these walls to see them fall. And that's the beginning of the second that's, stanza. Yeah. So I started, what happened is I, I, I got through the physical aspects of what are the small, minute things that I can do that are my part, that are within my ability physically to do, um, open my eyes and my mouth and, and to move and lift my arms. And then I looked into the scriptures and it's like, I just got, you just got to walk around the walls to see them fall. And it's like, who would think walking around a wall is going to bring down the walls of a city? Yeah, Jericho. Yeah. And then, you know, I just I just got to call on your name and you rescue me. You know, think of countless stories, whether it's, you know, Daniel in the lion's den mm-hmm. or if it's mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. But so many instances where, you know, somebody is neat, you know, we're, in the Bible is calling out to God to, to help and the, and God rescues every time. And, um, so, so this is kind of the, the thing that got this started, but then there was a moment in the song that has been the biggest encouragement to me because all the while I'm still trying to sort out all of the realities of what's going on and the, the serious impact that it's having on so many people and it just feels like there's so much darkness and it feels like um, there's so much that's just out of control um, and certainly out of our control. So let's turn it to God's control. And what is, what is God? God is love. And it's like you look once again to, to the scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And there's this idea, there's this love. This is our, this is what, this is our calling. This is what we can do in this situation. We can't do anything but just go, is just love the Lord our God with all our hearts and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Loving our neighbor, loving ourselves, taking care of ourselves, and loving our God. And I started thinking about love, the idea of love that it's 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 one of these things that's so um, remarkable because unlike anything else in the world, um, that when you give it away, there's never less, there's always more. Hmm. And when you have a child, you think you you ne- can't love anything more than this child. And then you have another child. Well, I can't love anything more than this child. And it's not like now I love this first child less, there's more love. Yeah. And so I started thinking about that. It's like, here it is. This is our action. This is our call to action, loving. And I started thinking about the love begetting more and more love and loving, and the love starts to beget more love. And then this idea was like, and this love begets more love until the earth is overwhelmed by love. And this this idea of overwhelming, overwhelm, to overwhelm something, we often think of this kind of almost in a negative connotation, but it's also, it's this, it's because it's something with so much force and power that there's nothing that can stop it. It's just when something is overwhelmed, when, a, when you have a, 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 a levee that is overwhelmed with water, there's, there's nothing anybody 
on earth can do about it. It's the water's coming through. It's overwhelmed. It's overwhelming the levee. And there's, so there's this thought that was coming in my mind. Yeah. Until the earth is overwhelmed with love. And then what? So then what, Wes? And then the, the thought was, well, and then this love begets again, more love. And it's, it's like, once the earth is overwhelmed, there's still going to be more love. And, and I, I just, that was encouraging. And it started running through my head and looping and looping in my head. And, and, um, I was wake up, waking up in the morning and, and instead of, you know, laying there and feeling discouraged, I was just like, and this love begets more love till the earth is overwhelmed by love. Then this love begets again, more love, you know, and this love begets more love. Till the earth is overwhelmed by love, then this love begets again more love and more and more and more. And that's this love. And all I got to do is just open my eyes to let the light shine in, open my mouth to worship you. And if I lift up my hands to heaven above, maybe I will feel your love. I will feel your love. I will feel your love. And, and that we do feel your love. And, um, and that, is, um, that is good enough for today. And I don't know about tomorrow. I don't, uh, um, actually I do. I have, a, I have a small performance tomorrow. And, <laughs> and it's, it's, I know that because it's only one of, one of few. So, um, but, so but, play that for us. Yeah. That's, that's just beautiful. Why don't you, if, if you would, <clears throat> those uh, those first few stanzas and that and, and you know you had the whole group the other night singing along with you yeah on on love now this love begets more love until the earth is overwhelmed with love then this love begets again more love right. it was it was goose pimply yeah it was I I didn't know if people were going to sing or what was going to happen but. Everybody was singing. Everybody was on board. Just took right on, and it was absolutely. Just, it, was, it was wonderful. It was a. It just felt so right. So, anyways, it's just gotta open my eyes to let the light shine in. Gotta open my mouth to worship you, and if I lift up my hands to heaven above. Maybe I will feel your love Yes, I will feel your love And this love begets more love Till the earth is overwhelmed by love And this love begets again more love I love it And this love begets more love Till the earth is overwhelmed by love And this love begets again More love Do you believe it? And this love begets more love Until the earth is overwhelmed by love And this love begets again More love Raining down from up Complete. 
And this love begets more love. Sing with me. Till the earth is overwhelmed with love. And this love begets again more love. And this love begets more love. Till the earth is overwhelmed with love. And this love begets again more love. And this love begets again more love. And this love begets again more love. Thank you. That is outstanding. You know something, and even as you were playing that, I I was reminded about how oftentimes I've seen you several times play broken instruments. Yeah. And there's a there's a there's a point to that. Would you, would you share what, what, what is that about? Yeah. Broken Beyond Repair is a project I, I launched a few years ago. And the idea is taking up these, these instruments whose repair cost is greater than their replacement value. So it's not that they can't be repaired. It's just cost prohibitive. Um, like a totaled car, it's, it's cheaper to replace it than it is to fix it. But I, I take these broken instruments and I make music on them to show how just like you and I in our brokenness that there's still a unique beauty and value in every single person created in God's image and how we can be used just as we are for his glory. There's this, this, this idea that, um, that is um, once again uh, very contrary to the, to the way we think in this world that, that Paul outlines in Corinthians that that we shall boast all the more of our weakness. Um, for Christ's power is made full in those, in those moments of weakness. Um, I am weak, therefore I am strong. And, um, and this is real strength. This is the real power. This is where things really, really happen and really move. Um, not our, by, by my strength, not by my might, um, but in the power of the Lord. And um, so taking these, these broken instruments and playing on them um, as, a, as a metaphor for, for um, how God says, you know, it's not, you don't need to, to go to the repair shop and fix the violin and then play it for me. Or you don't need to get your, your act cleaned up, Wes, before, mm-hmm. before you come to, mm-hmm. before the throne room of God. You just come. It's my grace. It's not your perfection. It's my grace that covers over a multitude of sin. And, and the only way you can come into my presence. And so, and in fact, it's, that's the way we are. That's the reality. We are, all, we are all flawed. We are all broken. We're living in this broken world. And so all we have is the reliance upon the Lord and his power working through us. Um, so... I had a I had a uh, a really special moment a few years ago. I was traveling for the U.S. State Department on an American Music Abroad tour of Taiwan, and in Tainan, Taiwan, the sou- southern part of Taiwan, is the Chimay Museum, which houses the world's largest collection of fine violins. Oh my God! And they they invited us to come and and see the collection, and we walked in the vault, and bam. The guy hands me this $16 million Guarneri del Gesù from 1744 Italy. Just hands it to me. I just finished like a bowl of, you know, beef noodle soup, and I still had like soup on my hands. He's like, oh, it's okay, you know. I was like, okay, well, here we go. 
And I'm playing this, you know, about an hour, my friend and I, we'd played about a hundred million dollars worth of violins and bows. We hadn't even turned a corner, you know, and the, and the Stradivariuses were all out on a photo shoot. So we, we, but I'm playing this violin and I'm thinking, you know what, this is it. This is what we all want. You know, our flesh desire is desiring this thing, the perfect, the, the perfection. Um, and it's like, I just, if I could just have that violin, if I could just have that, that mm-hmm. car, if I could just have that house, that's the perfect house. I'd be happy, you know, I'll be happy then, be happy then. Yeah. But you know, it's like, I, I started laughing. I was playing that violin and I thought, you know what, no matter how hard I try, I can't recreate the sounds on the $16 million violin that I make on my little broken violin. And vice versa, I can assure you, is also the same. But the conclusion that I came to is that one of these violins is not better than the other. They're just very, very distinctly different tools. And that's the way we have to start thinking about the violin or the knife or the pencil or the whatever your tools are. What is it that you're doing? We, as humans, we tend to obsess over our tools. Um, people, musicians, I think are the worst. It's like, oh, you know, I need that bow. I need, oh, I, I need one more violin or one more guitar. Oh, the, what strings do you use? What gauge? And, mm-hmm. and it, they just get really nerdy. And I'm like, you know what? These are tools, people. <laughs> These are tools. This is not the gift. This is not the calling. These are just tools. And I believe that music among tools on the earth is one of the most powerful um, tool that we have available to connect because so very easily, and it only takes a very little, you can just change everything. Music can just change somebody's life in just a second. You can walk into a room. I've seen this happen time and time again in my career where everything is just stiff and cold. And then you break out the violin you know, and it's like, hey, and uh, you're laughing, you're yeah. smiling. Um, and that's what happens. Suddenly, it in an instant, it changes the atmosphere. Well, I bet you've seen that, Kyle. I mean, look at look at all the countries that you've got, countries that some of which, uh, uh, for example, in fact, someone, one, one of our, our staff was, was talking about you the other day. She, says, I was one, she was asking, I wonder what that's like when he's when he goes and brings his giftedness to c- countries that don't even won't even wouldn't allow even the gospel in it, but China. but you're but you're yeah, like China, yeah. It, but, well, but you're breaking the bonds. What's, I mean, you, what's you, really you know. awesome is I um, I uh, everywhere I go, I'm a a professional musician. I'm a cultural ambassador, um, and I'm not. I'm never traveling as a professional Christian. Right. Um, that's who. That's who I am. Um, but but I am I'm going and I'm sharing and connecting and building relationships through music, um, and it's diplomacy and it's it's really a wonderful thing because uh, doors are are wide open and because now I'm able just to share I'm able to share who I am and what I what I do in my music with people um, and even a message with people because it's a part of my culture mm-hmm. it's a part of my um, it's part of where I'm from. I'm just, I'm just sharing. I, I've been invited. I'm being hosted, and this is an ex, an exchange. I'm learning about about you, and you're learning about me. And God has given me some unbelievable opportunities, um, even even at high levels of of government in China, 
to um, to develop relationships and, and real friendships um, that I cherish. This year, in fact, is the 35th anniversary of the Oklahoma Gansu Province Sister State Friendship, <laughs> and we were to be celebrating. In January, I had a big feature in Oklahoma Magazine that talked about this relationship that George and Don and I forged 35 years ago. He's a for- former governor and first lady of former, Oklahoma. Yep. And they went to Gansu. They made the trek, and it was a big, big trek back then. It's kind of a big trek now, but I've gone numerous times, I've t- toured with my band. Uh, we were set to tour at least once or twice. I had come back. Um, we were there in September. I came back. I brought... Um, I brought gifts um, from the governor of Gansu province to, to, to bestow upon Governor Stitt in correspondence and their intentions uh, to celebrate this year and to, to, for the governor of Gansu to make a, a, a visit um, to Oklahoma and, and hopes that Governor Stitt would go to China. And, and I met with, with Governor Stitt, and he was asking all the, the specific detailed questions about what would this entail and yes 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 and i think we're going to you know we need to we need to do this and and then boom you know yeah the then, coronavirus then you know what happens the rest is history that was that was uh early february when i met with with governor stitt and and so now it's 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 on hold but but you know what's not on hold is the friendships these 35 year old friendships What's not on hold is exchange of love. What's not on hold is that we have an opportunity still to share God's love with, with these friends of ours in China. And there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing in any country um, or anybody's um, curriculum or philosophy that, that bars just kindness and love and and even common courtesy and, and friendship. These are things that are welcome everywhere. And, and it's a message that I would bring on this 35th anniversary to our lis- people listening today. Um, we, we, we have to be, be careful not to become polarized by, by the news and by what we're hearing and seeing because there's more people. Um, people in China are, we'd be, are more interested in sharing a meal with you than going to war, taking your, mm-hmm. your profits or, mm-hmm. or, you know, world dominion or people in China would rather and very, very sincerely like to share a meal with you, um, especially the people in Gansu province who, who love Oklahoma and love Oklahomans so, so much. And they've showed it to me in all the, the far reaching parts of the province um, that they know about. I went to the I went to the kind of the equivalent of like Central Park or Scissortail mm-hmm. Park mm-hmm. Sure, in, sure. in Lanzhou, uh, Gansu Province. It's the capital city of this big, beautiful park. And they took me to the, to the center of the park. You know what's at the center of their park? Hmm. An Oklahoma Gansu friendship tree that, I knew you were that say George that. and I planted 35 years ago. And now it is this massive tree that that resides in the center they took then they marched me we walked stairs and stairs and stairs to the very very top of the park up on a hill and there's a pagoda up there and the architecture looking down from the overlook you see the entire city but you see the park and he they showed me from the very center point of the pagoda 
looking down as, as it lines up with the corner architecture of the pagoda, it creates like a, like a site. Mm-hmm. And if you line those things up and you look... Like a rifle sight. Like a rifle sight. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. look as far as you can see straight down to the ground, right there is the center of the park. And that is exactly where the tree is. This Oklahoma Gonsu (laughs) friendship tree. And when I showed up, there was like four or five people out there manicuring and cleaning the stone and pruning and and just caring for it. And um, because when when we give love and when we desire to share our love sincerely with other people... It doesn't just, we don't just do that and then that's the end. It has an impact because that love begets more love until the earth is overwhelmed by love. And so, so it's, it's, there's a message here. We, we never know. I don't know. I sent, when I was standing there at that, at that friendship tree with those people, I, I pulled out my violin and I, told, and I started playing. It was December. It was really cold. It was actually Jan- first of like first or second of January. It was really, really cold. My fingers were freezing and I started playing my violin and a crowd started gathering and I got my translator and I told him, I said, I said, you know, this tree that you're, that you're looking at here. I said, this tree was planted by my friend, George Nye, 35 years ago. And because, and he made a trip from Oklahoma to here to see you because he, he loves you and he, and he, and our, and he wanted to represent the love that's in our state for the, for the people here in Gansu. And, and right now I'm going to play, if George and I was here today with us standing right here at this tree, he would ask me to play the Orange Blossom special for you. <laughs> and so I'm that's what I'm going to do. So I, I played, I stood there right, on, right, in, right in front of that tree, and I played the Orange Blossom special for these people. And, um, and I took pictures and video, and I sent it, I texted it to George from the park. Oh, my I was gosh. like, look. Look, guys. <laughs> and he, he said, flipped. oh, my gosh, it was just a little sapling, you know, when we planted it. And he said, I had no idea that was still still there. I said, it's not just there. It is, it is thriving. Um, thriving, and it's, and it's the, the center point of, the, of their park. So, so Kyle, as we, as, we, as we wrap this up, and I tell you what, we could, I, could, I could hear you play and chat uh, for a long, long time. But as, as we think about people listening right now, I mean, we, we talk occasionally about the science of hope yeah, and, and how it's, it's not ethereal. It is, it's something that's, it's all about setting a goal and identifying a pathway to a goal and, a, and, a, uh, and executing on it. I mean, and taking that next right step. Right, and, and what you shared today has been is so much and so rich about your own journey, about the things that you're learning, and how you how you have addressed uh, just in writing that song. How you, from your laying in bed in in uh, um, struggling, even with being depressed in the moment, yeah, and how you walked out of that. How what would you say to the person right now that that's 
this is a discouraging time for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, they've lost jobs. They've they've they're they're wondering is this pandemic ever going to end? My, uh, it's just, you know, it goes on and on and on. I mean, even even you, you, you just like you talked about, you lost. Uh, I mean, a months worth of business. Yeah. And and so have had your own struggles. So what do you say to these folks as the next right step to that bright light and 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 not being discouraged but stepping out of that and into a place of hope? I had a I had a friend in college that would always remind me that you know what our circumstances are changing and we may be having a going through a bad time or this or that or the other, but God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think about, think about my friend that used to say that to me. And um, we, just, we just have to, we have to, um, we have to figure out a way, just to say, figure out a way, because um, uh, there is a science to hope. It's, I actually met, it's funny you brought that up. I met um, a couple of months ago, Jane Giroux invited me to um, perform music for uh, one of her Esther women functions. And their guest speaker was from the Hope Institute. Is it Chan Hellman? Yes. Yes. And he's, we've had he's, him on. He spoke read his book. About, about all of his research. He's re yes. researches hope. I mean, he has the, yes. the, the facts and the science, the science, as you said. That's right. And I was so inspired by that. In fact, it's funny. Yeah, I never thought about that, but it is a real thing. So you need to find what it is for you. Maybe you just need to get back to something that you truly love, something that can just, just bring you a little joy. Hmm. Um, and do that, do that. And let that be, let that be enough for that moment to, to just lighten things a bit, do something that will, that will really, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a grab the guitar and write a song sometimes, or take my violin and play. Um, but find what there, if there's something that can be that stimulus, a spark to ignite some hope in you and then start to act upon those things. And remember that the one thing that we, no matter what our circumstances, that we can always go out and do something nice for somebody. Oh, you know something right there, Kyle, just uh, it, it, when you talk about love begets love. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, it's, it's like helping someone who is even not in, in the good situation that you're in but just pouring out into them. And that generates it back. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, uh, I think about having raised a, a, a fatherless boy and, and I, people ask, well, whoa, that's a, was it, wasn't that a lovely thing you did? Well, let me tell you something. It blessed my socks off. Yeah. It, it, people think about that. So, so maybe what you're even talking about, right, that if you want to generate life and hope and love, then, then go love someone else Go love someone else and let it generate the love and and touch you back and it and 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 live in and dwell in, in the midst of that right and there's a lot of things you can do that don't cost any any money <laughs> in fact most of the things don't cost any money that's right <laughs> the the real important things yeah i uh um yeah there's there is something about about when you kind of turn your intentions uh, there's something to the better to give than to receive. 
Um, because ultimately when we give, we do receive, um, and it's a, it's a circle. Um, so yeah. Well, you, you, you have, you have given us a rich gift today, Kyle. In fact, uh, you, you are, you're a gift. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen you give yourself away any number of times and I just see the joy and the, and the light that both comes off you, but it's reflected in the, in the crowd that's receiving what you're giving away, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing. And so, Kyle Dillingham, thank you so much for for being my friend. Yeah, and and I just thank you for <laughs> for, uh, for for the opportunity to just just to hang around you and just to watch the joy that effervesces off of you. And so, so God bless you, my friend. And 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 so for the rest of y'all listening out there, thank you for doing that today. And and go uh, go beget some love as well. We'll see you next time. So let me give you some concluding thoughts. If Hope were a person in the room, what would she say to us? Well, I think, first of all, she'd say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that an unchanging God designed, built you, and sent you into a moment of history as part of his loving strategy to transform a chaotic world and and make it good again. You are called as change agents. Hope would tell you that she flourishes when we listen to God and set goals for our lives that press us further toward becoming that person God has always been willing for us to become. Hope would tell you to set action steps towards achieving those goals. They don't have to be giant steps. Start with baby steps so you can be encouraged along the way. But hope would also tell you that you've got to not just make plans to step, but you must exercise the willpower to just take that next right step. Step by step by step gets you to the destination God has for your life. It's the long obedience in the same direction. And finally, hope would tell you that God sees us not as we are, but as we could become if we will dare. It's the same for our communities. As followers of Jesus, you are a sent people, and all humans should flourish because God's kids are in town. What evil thing dies because you exist? No one else is coming. You're the generation sent to your community in this moment. You're it. Press into God's purposes for your lives, and you will discover that hope abounds and that Jesus is still the God of the impossible. Thank you for joining us today on Hope Leads. I'm Wes Lane. Once again, I'd be honored if you would take a moment to rate this podcast, review it, subscribe, and share it with someone who needs hope. We want to thank Brianna Gaither for the song, I Won't Rest Until, from her album, Vanity. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who is willing for us to live meaningful lives of profound impact. I invite you to just show up and watch God show off. <laughs>